We're kicking off another school year with the return of our award-winning Frisco ISD podcast. That's right. Frisco ISD won an award from the National School Public Relations Association for our podcast. We're excited to continue a dialogue, bringing the district alive in a fun format. I'm Karina Kierkoff, and today we're taking a look at everything that goes into opening a new school. I'll be joined by Chief Operations Officer Scott Worsler and the principals of our two newest campuses, Panther Creek High School and Minette Elementary, to discuss what happens behind the scenes to ensure a successful school opening. Stay tuned after our conversation for news updates from around the district. Hello and welcome to the Frisco ISD podcast. Thanks for coming in today. Before we get started, can everyone introduce themselves? I am Scott Worsler. I'm the Chief Operations Officer for Frisco Independent School District. This is my 16th year in Frisco ISD and 26th year in public education. I'm Kyla Prusak. I am the new principal at Manette Elementary School in Frisco ISD, and I am starting my 15th year with Frisco. I'm Ryan Solano, and I have the honor and privilege to be the principal of Panther Creek High School. I've been in education for 21 years, and this will be my seventh in Frisco ISD. That's fantastic. Now, for context, we're chatting about two weeks before the start of the school year. So, Ryan and Kyla, can you share how you're feeling? I'm I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. This is an, you know, an incredible opportunity. I've been dreaming to be a principal for so long and to have this um, place where I get to be a part of everything beginning, a, a new culture, a new group of students coming in, a new staff. This has really been one of the most exciting times of my life. And I'm right there with you, Ryan. Um, in education as a whole, no matter what campus you're at, this time of the year, there's such a buzz, there's such an excitement for all educators out there. And then opening a new school just adds that extra layer. So we are excited and ready to welcome teachers back. Speaking of those educators and those teachers, right now they must be so busy. You know, two weeks out, what are they doing? What's happening in your buildings? How is everyone preparing? Well, we welcomed our new teachers back in the district yesterday, and so getting to know the staff, starting to build our culture, teams are meeting both in the building, outside of the building, getting together, getting to know each other, and starting to make plans, get their rooms ready, and excited to meet their kids and their parents. There's so much that goes into teachers preparing in a in a normal year when you're just coming back to a campus that you've been at. But a new school is a is a completely different world. We pulled together our whole staff in June and had a staff retreat where we got to meet each other for the first time and, and start to build our culture and mission and vision of this school. And then we came together for another week in July and met as a staff to work on curriculum and prepare for the um, amazing learning that's going to happen at our campus. And this week they're they're at it again, and they're working hard to prepare for this this year. Tell me a little bit about that campus culture that you're going for on your campus. Well, our focus in our campus culture is relationships. And so really our focus this entire year is welcoming students, getting to know parents, getting to know teachers, staff, getting to know each other, and just really coming together to build that relationship and have that culture of family because it will be a year of hardships. There will be some unknowns along the way, as exciting as it is. And so really making sure that we have that relationship with each other and that culture to be there for each other throughout this year. Relationships are so important, especially for our little ones. Yeah. And, and it's so important in high school too. And, and we went back and I met with students from all four schools that were, that were coming to Panther Creek. We were coming from Lone Star Memorial High School, Stafford and Trent Middle School and got the students input of what they wanted this school to look like and largely what we heard from in 
them is that they wanted to be connected and have those relationships that are important to them, but also be prepared for their future. High school is that kind of final point of where they're going to go out in the world and pursue their dreams and what they want to do with their lives. And it's, it's, it's our responsibility to prepare them for that. Once the staff was put in place, we shared that information with them, and then they've started to create the mission, the vision for this campus and the culture that we're going to create at the school. So opening this new school is something that Frisco ISD has done dozens of times over the last three decades, but it doesn't make it any easier. So Scott, from your perspective, what has it taken to get here? We were fortunate that we started a visioning committee for Panther Creek High School. The architect, Corgan Architects, that we had chosen uh, helped in this and facilitating this process. We had students that were part of Dr. Waldrop's council. We had staff members. We had teachers, uh, central administration that looked at how do we design a space that meets the need of what we're, what we're calling future-ready instruction and future-ready leaders. Um, our students were wonderful in that they gave us they gave us a lot of feedback on what excites them, what would excite them walking into a building if they could see this. And really, they wanted clean lines. They wanted modern architecture. And I think when you drive by Panther Creek High School, you will see that in comparison to some of our other high schools in the district. They talked about collaborative spaces inside the building and how important it is for students to, to start to be treated like they were going to this next level of being at a college. Uh, when we look at Panther Creek, we really, we don't have a cafeteria, we have a learning commons. Mm. And we've designed that space to not just be a place where students eat their lunch, but they gather in the mornings. They can gather during a first period academic time. And it, 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 it's a space where they can go and, and learn as a class. You can have teachers teaching content together where they may bring two or three classes together in that space. And really, when you look at both campuses of Minette and Panther Creek, we were very intentional with the way that we built collaborative spaces into the building. We want the space outside of a classroom to be just as important for learning as what we traditionally think of inside the classroom. So you will see lots of soft seating, flexible seating, furniture that's on casters that can be moved from classrooms into hallways and into these learning spaces. We're, we're basically going to give students the ability to say, this is how I learn, this is how I want to learn, and the teachers are there to facilitate that learning for students. So something interesting about FISD is that we hire principals for our new campuses six to 12 months ahead of time. It may seem unconventional to someone in the community, but I know I've seen you all over the district and community preparing for this first day. Tell me a little bit about what all has gone on behind the scenes in planning and preparing to open Panther Creek and Minette. So one of the first things that I did when I stepped into full-time role of prepping for Minette was to go out and visit other campuses around the area that have also built elementary schools that have had some of the similarities and philosophies around uh, learning environments, flexible seating, collaboration. I then went and toured um, Frisco ISD schools that currently have been refreshed and are already starting to do this type of collaboration over at Bright Academy and Anderson. Met with those principals, met with those teachers, interviewed some of those students just to get their perspective of what's working, what do you love, what choices do you choose when it comes to your seating and your learning environment. So that was a huge part of my January was really focused on learning environment, getting everything ordered. 
And then we started with hiring full force in February, March, April was really focused on hiring the best of the best because our school is unique and it looks different than what a traditional elementary school looks like. Hiring was key. So we spent a lot of time up front making sure that candidates understood the vision, understood the building, understood what teaching and learning would look like at Manette. And then once we got all staffed, we then focused on getting out to the schools where we were getting our kids from at Bowles and Newman Elementaries, meeting with them, doing a pep rally, getting the Panther Creek cheerleaders to come over and hype it up with us. And so um, having parent events, teacher connection events, and really just started going full force into our community. You've been incredibly busy. Ryan, what about you? Well, yeah, and I'll piggyback off Kyla. I am so thankful that Frisco gives us this time to be able to plan. I cannot imagine having this school be ready without that time. So I'm so thankful for that. Um, you know, I, I've gotten to be part of things that I never imagined. I've become an interior designer over the mm -hmm. last 12 months <laughs> and picking furniture and designing mascots that are going to be on the, the gym walls and, and the, the walls around the building. Um, and that's been incredibly exciting. Hiring was, was something else. She got the best teachers for elementary. We got the best teachers for high school, uh, no doubt. But it took time to build that profile and to study from other schools and what teachers are successful in preparing students for their future. Uh, since that's our big goal at Panther Creek. And then we went out higher. I remember there were days, spring break, where it seemed like seven to five o'clock at night. It was just interview after interview after interview to try to find the best. And I'm thankful to say that we have and that we've come a long ways there. Um, so there's been a lot. Speaking of finding the best, you too were hired for a reason. So tell me a little bit about yourselves. Like, why did you even want to become a principal for a new campus? It sounds really stressful. There's clearly a lot that has to happen. Well, it's interesting because when I had conversations with Dr. Waldrop, he specifically asked that because I've currently served as a principal in the district for the last five years and have loved that experience, loved my campus. Everything was great. And so even Dr. Waldrop asked, why do you want to do this? It's a lot to take on, but I love being outside of the box. I love getting to try new things. I tell our staff and our parents, we're getting to be pioneers and there's something scary about that, but it drives me. I love the adventure of it. I love the challenge of it. And you know, it's a once in a career opportunity to get to open a school and build it from the ground up. And I love this district and there's nowhere else I'd rather get that opportunity than to do it right here. And so it's just been a dream and an honor. There was never a second question that I wanted to do it. I think for me, I, I loved being a teacher. Um, when I was in the classroom, I taught secondary social studies and I loved it. And I love students being able to come into my classroom and learn and enjoy being in my class. And at some point, I, I, I recognize that if I were a principal, I could have a greater potential of impacting a larger amount of students than just the ones walking in my classroom. And that's this opportunity that's opened up for me today that I'm, I'm just so excited about is being able to to be a part of creating a special place where kids and staff are excited to come in the building. They're excited to be there when they go home. They can't wait to come back the next day because of the things that we're doing on the campus and be a part of opening a new school really is a dream come true. So like when it comes to making the decision of like when something is built, that's kind of where you come in, Scott, right? Like what drives when and where a new campus is even built? So really, there are, there are two components of that. Number one is just growth in, in our district. And where do we see new housing developments occurring? And 
with that growth then comes the need for additional students in schools. So we look at where is there new growth and then what is the capacity of our current buildings in, the, in those areas and those schools. Typically for our elementary schools, developers um, will meet with us early. We're very fortunate that developers will call on us and say, hey, we're going to put in a new development. It's gonna have X, X number of homes. We expect this number of people living there. Would you like to buy land for an elementary school within our development? Um, and typically the answer to that is yes. Uh, middle schools and high schools are a little different as to how we find land as to where those are situated. But the growth is what is what triggers a new school. And, and then we start to decide at that point, once we know that we're going to put a school in this location, we have an idea based on when new homes are going to be built and occupied, we then look for an opening of that school. Will it open the fall of 22 or the fall of 23? Then what we have to do is we have to go back and look at our current schools and, and look at their capacities and, and enrollments and say, which campuses are overcrowded? Mm -hmm. And then how are we gonna use these new campuses to relieve the overcrowding at these campuses? That then begins the discussion of, of looking at rezoning that we do almost every fall. So it's, it's kind of this intricate dance of all of these components that come together over a three to four year period before we actually put students in a building like uh, Manette and Panther Creek this fall. We've been planning for this for, for the last three to four years. And you may not be prepared to answer this question, but it just got me thinking when you're talking about growth. When someone buys a house and it's a new neighborhood, it doesn't necessarily mean it's two adults moving in and then they're going to have a child and they're going to enter kindergarten and then they're going to go through our schools all all through, like they, they could be coming in at any age and we just have to be prepared for all the possibilities. That is a correct statement. Uh, years ago, the trend was that uh, new residents to Frisco were coming with, with either pre-K age or younger children or kindergarten, first grade children. Now we're seeing a shift that is, as families move into Frisco, we're seeing more and more families with middle-aged and high school age children, a much, a much, um, much older child than what we'd have had 10 years ago. So we have to make adjustments uh, with our planning. Um, we know new buildings are going in and where they're going in, but sometimes the way demographics change in our community, it, it changes the way that we have to look at, at where we're, we're doing some rezoning. So when we're building new schools, we obviously have to pay for them, right? So Unfortunately. <laughs> they don't just pop up out of the ground like we just kind of make them happen. So how are the new schools funded and how does that construction process get overseen? So new schools are funded through our bond programs. Um, if you've been a resident of Frisco for any time, you know that about every four to five years, we go out for a bond program. Uh, Manette was actually paid for from our 14 bond program and Panther Creek High School was paid for out of our 2018 bond program. Um, so those those are bonds that are approved by voters during during the bond package um, designated for for a school. You know, we are fortunate that we have built so many that, that we have a fabulous construction department department in, in Frisco ISD. So there's there's really three factors. We'll we'll use our construction department, but we'll also go out early on and we'll name an architect for the project. Uh, once we bring the architect on board, we will, um, with their help, go out to bid and find a general contractor or a GC who will manage that project for us. And, and they're the ones who are on site every day supervising the, the construction and the facilitation of, of all aspects of that site. Our construction folks in-house, the Frisco folks, are also on site daily, part of the weekly meetings. 
Um, so it's really a team effort between the GC, the architect, and, and our own internal people, as well as once we then bring on our principals, you know, they get to come in kind of late in the game and, and offer their input and advice on any changes that may need to happen as the last six to 12 months of construction is, is winding down. I was at the Kate Center late last school year, and I visited the architecture classroom where several students and the teacher had won an award. And I came across this board, and it had all these ideas for the upcoming campuses. And it was all these students who had like taken, like had all these pictures and had all these lines. I have no idea what the technical terms for all their visioning process was, but it was incredible to see that student input was truly valued when it comes to constructing these campuses. And I can't wait to see what happens with the next campuses based off of what I saw. So I know that you hit on this a little bit earlier on the topic of students and the collaborative space, but if y'all don't mind, uh, Kyla and Ryan, telling me a little bit about how the features on the campus will impact student learning. Sure. Panther Creek, what an unbelievable campus has been designed and, and built and has brought this vision to fruition. Numerous flex spaces. I mean, it, I can't even put a number on it. There are so many on all three stories of this building. This is a three-story building, if you didn't know oh, that. Yeah. And it's it's uh, large. They're all built to enhance the learning that couldn't take place in a regular classroom. And this can look a lot of different ways. It's integrating different courses and kids coming together from maybe a CTE class and a science class. And maybe you even bring in broadcasting. And they're all working on something together where we have the spaces to pull together 50 or 80 or 100 kids working on something simultaneously, which is really fantastic. And then with all the flexible furniture, the teacher is no longer the center focal point of the classroom. It is students driving the learning and the teacher really is a facilitator in that process. So this flexible furniture gives the ability to create quick groups, move around quickly, do circles, whatever it might be to bring all that learning alive and to enhance it. Okay, so frankly, I'm sold on both of your campuses. Like, I want my kids to go there. Yeah. So um, clearly, I can't just have my kids go there. How do you attendance zones work for this kind of thing, Scott? Well, it, it goes back to really, it goes back to need. Where do we have schools that right now are struggling with capacity issues where we have some overcrowding? Um, you know, our, our elementary schools are really designed for a 700 to 760 uh, functional capacity. High schools around 2100. So when we look at these new schools opening, it's really, we, we only build schools when it's time to relieve campuses that are overcrowded. Um, so that's part of that vision that we have before we even start design of a school is knowing that we're building it here for the purpose of release, relieving one or two or maybe three campuses. So that's, that's what we look at when we look at rezone. So when we open a Panther Creek High School, we know we had to relieve Memorial and Lone Star. So what's the best way um, to, to zone, to pull kids from those two campuses, sometimes a byproduct of relieving those two campuses is you may have to make some, some boundary shifts uh, to some other zones as well that, that aren't directly being benefited from a Panther Creek High School opening. We saw that last fall uh, where the rezone of Memorial and, and Lone Star required us to, to move a little bit with Reedy and Wakeland as well. So how many students are, can be on a campus, whether it's elementary, middle, or high school? So typically our elementaries, we look at a 760 number is kind of um, our, our functional capacity for the building. Middle schools are around 1,000 to 1,050, and high schools are 2,100. I know we've been throwing around the names Panther Creek and Manette just in general, and 
we know what those schools are, but not everyone does. So tell me a little bit about where those names came from. So Manette is named after Buddy and Joni Manette. They are longtime Frisco residents and pillars in our community. Buddy has served on our school board for several years. Joni has been active in all types of organizations around our community. And the great thing about this namesake is they are still residents of Frisco. So I was actually able to sit down and interview them as one of my first steps envisioning and starting to dream about what Manette was going to be. And so I was able to ask them what their vision for was for the school and, you know, what are the important values that they have as a family? Um, because that's important. We need to make sure that we give them a voice as we are wearing their name and have their name on our school. And Panther Creek? Yeah, Panther Creek's really exciting. Uh, there is a creek that runs on our property that is named Panther Creek, but where that name came from really gets cool. Maybe 100 years ago, a panther was seen or sighted, maybe, uh, in this <laughs> land, and that's why they named the creek, Panther Creek. There has been no panther sighting since, so the community is safe, <laughs> I assure everyone, but it really has a rich history. It's, it is such a cool name for a high school. When they were excavating the land, they found a Chevy buried back by the creek that was from like 1918 is what they believe, and it was all rusted, but it was in pretty decent condition, and... I mean, it looks like there were bullet holes on the side of this vehicle, which is really, really cool. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Uh, maybe Bonnie and Clyde came through that area as legend as well. Mm -hmm. So all the history uh, in that land is is really neat for the city of Frisco. So um, your mascot is clearly... It is the Panthers. Uh, maybe <laughs> no surprise to anyone. But the students were really involved in that from the very beginning in November. I sent out a survey to all the kids and they could pick any mascot that they wanted, anything that came to mind. And we narrowed it down to the top three, which were the Panthers, the Pumas, and the Pythons. And then we turned it over to the community to vote on that. And the Panthers won with an overwhelming majority of support. But from there, we went to the CTE, to one of the art design classes that they have there. And it was around 24 kids created a mascot package once they knew it was the Panther. And this was all top secret. These kids were awesome. But individually, they each designed a mascot package and then I got to pick which one I thought best represented the, the school that we were going to become. Um, so students have been involved in this from the very beginning, which is exciting. All right. So tell me what's coming up with your campuses. On August 6th, that's a Saturday, coming up here pretty soon, we are going to have our big dedication for the community of this, of this wonderful school that's been created for our community and for our students. It's going to be in the morning. It's going to be 930. Everyone's invited. Our plan is to be in the main gym. And we're going to celebrate with an exciting um showcase of our student groups, um, our athletic groups, our fine arts groups will be performing. You get to see all the new uniforms for each of the teams for varsity, which will be really exciting. We're going to have speakers um, from students all the way up to Dr. Waldrop will be there. So it's going to be a really exciting day. And then we're going to transition from that kind of rally out to the football field where you get a showcase of the football team doing an inner squad scrimmage and lots of fun things going on outside. That sounds like fun. So the whole community is invited. Yes. Will there be cookies? There is now. Because you said Excellent. It. <laughs> the last one, Emerson had cookies. That's the only reason I asked. They were great cookies. Well, we are planning our Meet the Teacher Night, which is a huge event at the elementary schools. Um, parents will get to 
come in, come to the classroom, see their classrooms. So planning that, getting ready for the first day of school, coordinating with Buddy and Joni to be out on campus, holding doors open and welcoming kids. And then we're also excited for them to be out on Sunday, September 25th. That afternoon, we will have our formal dedication of the building. And that is always something in our district that is exciting for us as employees and as administrators. You get to see the support from all over the district come in. We've got past board members, past community members, um, Buddy and Joni have hand-selected who will speak, and that's still under wraps, but um, it will be a fun day. There's cookies and punch and all the things, school tours, so uh, we are very excited about that. Thanks for spending some time with us today and getting a peek further into Frisco ISD. Stay tuned for a couple more minutes to get important announcements that will keep you in the loop of everything in the district. Here's a look at news around the district. In the new school year, school cafeterias will resume charging for school breakfast and lunch based on eligibility for meal benefits. The federal waiver that allowed schools nationwide to offer free meals to all students, regardless of income, has expired. That means families who qualify for meal benefits due to low household income must apply to receive free meals. Visit www.schoolcafe.com slash FriscoISD to apply for meal benefits or to add funds to a cafe account. You're invited to make a difference in Frisco ISD schools. The new application to volunteer, chaperone, or mentor a student is now available for the new school year. Frisco ISD now uses Volley, a volunteer management system, to complete background checks and post volunteer opportunities. Check out our district website for more information. The Frisco ISD class of 2022 had more National Merit Scholars than any other school district in the state of Texas. A total of 73 recent graduates received National Merit Scholarships for their outstanding academic record, college admissions test scores, leadership, and community service. Taking the PSAT is the first step in the application process FISD offers the test for free to all high school sophomores and juniors during the school day. 